Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com. Today on State of the World, when will the war in Gaza end? Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories up close where they're happening. It's Thursday, January 4th. I'm Greg Dixon. In a few minutes, cab drivers in London versus Uber. But first, what will it take for Israel to declare mission accomplished in Gaza and end the war? Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has promised to continue to fight until a, quote, definitive victory over Hamas. But there is growing debate in Israel about what kind of victory is achievable. NPR's Daniel Estrin in Tel Aviv tells us more. The most prominent group of Israelis pushing to change Israel's war strategy is made up of Israeli citizens whose relatives were dragged into Gaza when Hamas attacked Israel October 7th. We are standing outside Israel's military headquarters, and the families of hostages still held in Gaza are blocking traffic, preventing military officials from driving in and out of the headquarters. Every hour they stop the traffic here, and they read the names of more than 100 hostages still held in Gaza. The government says the military campaign in Gaza will eventually pressure Hamas into releasing more hostages. These families of hostages say Israel should put the combat on hold and strike a deal with Hamas immediately. The slogan of destroying Hamas, it's an empty slogan. Udi Gorin has a cousin who was killed in the October 7th attack on southern Israel. His body is being held in Gaza. It's impossible to get rid of Hamas, not only because it's an ideology, but also because we're talking about... Over 20,000 militants, we're talking about miles of underground tunnels. We're talking about a war that's now going on in an urban area that has about 2 million refugees and hostages. The IDF is fighting with his hand tied behind its back. It's very clear that we need to find a ladder to climb down. Voices from Israel's center-left are seeking a pragmatic deal with Hamas and searching for ways to redefine victory. There is no victory because they came in and murdered 1,200 of our people. So we lost already. Dana Hellman is one of the protesters outside military headquarters. What I know for a fact is that if Israel will not have the hostages back and will not do everything to bring them home safely, not in body bags, safely, then Israel will never be the same again. The former spy master of Israel's Mossad intelligence agency, Yossi Cohen, was interviewed on Israeli army radio last week. The anchor's first question was, When will we know that we've won? His answer, We'll know we've won when we've captured or killed the leaders of Hamas. It's about delivering a cautionary warning to the region, says Michael Milstein former head of Palestinian affairs in Israeli military intelligence. If, for example, the final results of this war will be occupation of Gaza, huge, broad destruction of this place, killing thousands of Hamas members, and of course killing the head of the snake, 
it will have a very dramatic impact on enemies like Hezbollah, like the Iranians, like Syria, that no, you cannot promote such a brutal, violent moves against Israel without any payment. A senior Hamas official in Lebanon was killed this week in a drone strike, but Israel's most wanted man, the leader of Hamas in Gaza, is still at large. Milstein says the promise of full victory against Hamas's guerrilla warfare is an illusion. I don't think that we can speak about, you know, victory in such conditions. I do think that Israel can achieve some prominent results. Week by week, Israel announces more Hamas tunnels destroyed, more Hamas fighters killed. But the Israeli soldier death toll keeps climbing, and Hamas is still putting up a fight on the ground and firing rockets at Israel. Voices on Israel's right say Israel is not going far enough. 19-year-old Tal Usach at a bus stop outside military headquarters says there will only be 50% victory in Gaza. He says 100% victory would be for Israel to take over Gaza forever and make sure every single Palestinian there moves to neighboring countries. That is an example of the right-wing pressure facing Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Even some politicians in his own governing coalition say he's being too soft on the Palestinians. So with all these conflicting demands, how long will Netanyahu continue the war? If it was up to Netanyahu, this would continue for quite some time. Ruven Chazan teaches politics at Hebrew University in Jerusalem. He says Netanyahu will face tough questions when the war ends. It's expected a commission will investigate who's responsible for the security failures that resulted in the Hamas attack. Plus, Netanyahu's own corruption trial continues. And polls show his approval ratings have dropped during the war. There could be calls for a new election. For Netanyahu to end the war in Gaza, even with a victory, means he has to start dealing with the political issues at home and the legal issues, which he does not want to. Israel's Supreme Court this week struck down Netanyahu's signature legislation that curtailed the court's powers. His judicial overhaul fueled massive protests before the war. If the war drags on and Netanyahu's onslaught on the judicial branch returns, then you will see Israelis back in the streets. But this time, it won't be half the population. It'll be significantly more than half the population. And the government cannot survive that for too long. This week, Israel is starting to pull out thousands of reservist soldiers from Gaza so they can return to their jobs and boost the lagging economy. Israel could slowly transition from the big ground invasion of Gaza to a lower-intensity conflict, like the U.S. has called for. But fighting is escalating with Lebanese militants on Israel's northern border. The reckoning facing Netanyahu might come soon, even as the country could still remain at war. Daniel Estrin, NPR News, Tel Aviv. We'll be back in a minute. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from Amgen, a biotechnology pioneer leading the fight against the world's toughest diseases such as cancer, heart disease, asthma, and osteoporosis. In a new era of human health, Amgen continues to accelerate the pace of change, operating sustainably and drawing upon deep knowledge of science to push beyond what's known today. With each decade, they reliably deliver powerful new therapies to patients. Learn more at Amgen.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive. 
What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit their website to get a quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. Then, just choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. You can get an Uber in about 70 countries. The ride-hailing app and its rivals have changed the way many of us get around. But don't let London cabbies hear you say that. Drivers of the city's famous black cabs have long led a resistance to Uber. Well, now the company is launching a new campaign aimed at winning those drivers over. And Paris London correspondent Lauren Freyer talked to cabbies to find out whether it'll work. It feels like Uber is everywhere. In Japan. Uber taxi. In Latin America. Uber one. In India. Uber. Yeah, India ki ride. And here in London, where the company says it has about 50,000 drivers, making this its biggest market behind New York. But utter that word, Uber, within earshot of a taxi stand here. Uber, we don't care about them. You don't care? No, I don't care. They don't know where they're doing, they don't know where they're going. And half of them are probably not insured. When people hail down, they want you to be turning around and going in the right direction within the first 10, 20 seconds. The sat-nav can't do that. That's Lewis Sarah, Chris Hughes and Daniel Frederick, three of the nearly 18,000 drivers of London's black cabs, bulbous retro vehicles, also known as hackney carriages. These professionals consider themselves among the last obstacles to Uber's global domination. Uh, yeah, we are the quality top line because we've done the knowledge of London. The world-famous you know, knowledge of there. London is the what Frederick is talking about there. First introduced in 1865, the knowledge is an encyclopedic test of 25,000 London streets and 20,000 landmarks, which you've got to memorize to get a taxi license here. It takes an average of three or four years, and there's still a 70% fail rate. Right, Kensington Park Road, forward Bembridge Road, left Norton Hill Gate, right Ballas Gardens Terrace. In a classroom behind London's Euston Station, aspiring cabbies memorize routes, and they pour over giant laminated street maps on easels. If I say the word Uber in this room, are people going to gasp? Yes. So there's a boo over there? Yeah. But it's not like they're Luddites, says Gert Kretov, who runs this cram school for the knowledge. We're not threatened by technology. We use technology on the knowledge. We have apps to help you study, digital maps, everything like that. Kretov hates Uber because he says it takes too much commission, upwards of 25% from drivers. For years, Uber cut into his enrollment. But students are coming back, he says. Technology and the brain power brain is always winning. There is nothing like a knowledgeable cab driver, and if it's constant road closures, that driver will quickly figure out the best solution. That's why the knowledge is important, quick thinking. London's taxi unions have staged protests against Uber. Drivers applauded when London's regulator revoked Uber's license a few times over the years. It's since been reinstated, and now Uber is offering them an olive branch. Keep your black caps, keep your knowledge, but use the app, too, for free, at least for the first six months, starting in 2024. They just need to download the app, upload some of their basic documentation, and they receive the meter fare. 
Andrew Brem is the head of Uber in the UK, and his message to London cabbies is, don't let nostalgia hold you back. The knowledge that the London cab drivers pass, huge respect for that. And the physical vehicles, they're beautiful. So that's all great stuff. But I would say this is absolutely an opportunity for drivers to earn additional fares. They're business people and they want to be busy. Uber is already doing this with New York's yellow cabs and with taxis in San Francisco, Paris and Rome. It's made similar offers to London cabbies before, but withdrew them for lack of, shall we say, enthusiasm among drivers. The verdict this time, says London cabbie Chris Hughes, is... Waste of money. Waste of money. They can give us double the fares that they're charging, but nobody, nobody. We've seen on Facebook, I think one guy has signed up for it and he's been chased out of town. The world's biggest ride-sharing app may have a hard time winning over these British stalwarts. Lauren Fryer, NPR News, London. That's the State of the World from NPR. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. Summer is for going to the movie theater because it's too hot to stay home. It's for driving with the windows down, listening to your favorite music. It's for stretching out while you're on vacation to gobble up a TV show. For a guide to some of the TV, movies, and music we are most excited about this summer, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell and show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. This message is brought to you by NPR sponsor, Progressive Insurance. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options within your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.